right, look what it says in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 4. And this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to a lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And uh, this mentality here that Paul is describing is a mentality that was very different than the mentality that the Jews had. The Jews, they were kind of living for the things of the law, as we saw when we were going through Romans. But uh, we see, though, that they still came short of the glory of God. In fact, they were still walking after the flesh, technically speaking, and therefore they did not attain to righteousness. Righteousness only comes by faith in Christ. But this mentality that Paul is dealing with now is specifically the mind of the Gentiles. They lived for the things of the flesh. They devoted their lives to those things. They were all about the flesh. Kind of like America today. What is America all about today? It's all about stuff. It's all about possessions. It's all about money. It's all about, you know, image. It's just all these lusts of the flesh. It's just kind of what everybody's focused on. And we are very much like that. We have a very Gentile culture. There's not much Christianity left in us anymore. And in America today, pretty much wherever we go soul winning, we are going to find both of those types of people. We have, we run into those who are very religious who are trying to achieve their own righteousness and, and they don't and you know but then you have others that we run into that they don't give a rip about religion it's all about what can I do to please my flesh what can I do to make myself happy and so it's very important for us who are saved that we understand what we're up against and even what we are going to deal with as saved people you know and last week we talked a lot about we focused a little more on the old man our flesh. We talked about kind of getting to know, you know, this old man okay, and understanding our unique challenges that we have, our sinful desires, things that we're going to have to deal with. But I want today I want to focus a little more on the new man. I want us to get to know the new man a little bit better because and it's important that we understand this because even if you are saved, you are made out of the same flesh that the rest of the world is made out of. And you will be drawn to the same things that most of our society has given themselves over to. Our society has given themselves over to the things of the flesh. And you will be drawn to these things. If you think you're not influenced by commercials, advertisements, you got anything coming. Okay? Every single lady in here especially, it is not hard to figure out from pictures what decade you're in. You know, Even though you ladies don't dress a lot like the rest of the world, you know, we'll be able to 20 years from now, people will be able to look at pictures of you and they'll know what decade it was. Why? Because of hairstyles and clothing. I don't even know how to articulate what those things are. But have you ever seen a picture from the 70s and said, yeah, it's from the 70s? How'd you know? You know, just there, there's, a, there's a conformity. Not all of it's bad either. Not all of it's sinful. It, it really isn't. But understand, you know, we do. We all pick up on things without even realizing that we're doing it. Some of the, you know, there's, there's a lot of weird things people do. I don't want to get sidetracked on those. But if you're saved, you are going to be drawn towards these things that our society has given themselves over to. 
And I, I heard a preacher say recently that if you are saved, you're kind of a spiritual schizophrenic in a way. Because you do. You have two minds. You have, you have two natures. You have two personalities. We have the spirit and we have the flesh. And all these things that the Gentiles are walking after, that the heathen are walking after, we can relate to those things. Have you ever seen somebody just, you know, like beat somebody up, smack them? I mean, you knew it was wrong, but you still didn't get mad at them. Why? I can kind of understand why I did that. You know, the guy who smoked the guy with the twisted tea that, you know, went viral. Nobody got mad at that guy. Probably wasn't, that was probably against the law what he did. But we can all relate because we've all wanted to do something like that before. You know, and, and that we got to watch out for that. A lot of times when you see sinful behavior in your mind, you are going to approve of that. You know why? Because that's what your flesh would do. But it doesn't mean it's right. And all these things that the heathen are walking after, we can relate to them. But understand, if you're saved, if you're saved, you have a regenerated spirit that will not want to go along with that lifestyle. Understand that's very important. So verse 20, Ephesians 4, says, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lust. And this reminds me of what Paul says in Titus 2, where he says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so the problem is that while we all know these things, we often forget it, we get sidetracked, and we just try satisfying our flesh. And we don't even realize that's what we're going after. And so notice what Paul says next. Because we're all naturally going to gravitate towards the things of the flesh. So Paul says in verse 23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is one of the reasons we go to church. This is one of the reasons we read our Bible. This is one of the reasons we make it a point to pray. This is one of the reasons there needs to be preaching on subjects like this on a regular basis because we all need a renewal of the spirit of our mind because our minds can get very focused towards the things of the flesh. One of the reasons people, they get sidetracked from the things of God and they get out of church and they get out of soul winning and they get out of serving the Lord is because they get sidetracked with the things of the flesh. Oh man, those, you know, those things of the spirit were taken away from my flesh, but that's a good thing. But that we, and we need to make sure we focus on the spirit. And so in verse 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And listen, I am the, I do, I do not like when people go around casting doubt on people's salvation. I think that kind of thing is wrong. But let me tell you, if there is nothing inside of you that wants to do right, there's something wrong. Because the Spirit wants to do right. Now, there's nothing in your flesh that wants to do right. Absolutely nothing in your flesh wants to do right. But everything in your spirit wants to do right. And if you've got nothing, I mean, if there's nothing pushing you, towards that which is right, there's a, real, there's a real problem with that. And we need to put on that new man. We need to, we need to keep a focus on him. And if you just can't find him, you know, there is, there, that's something to be concerned about. That, there, that, w- without a doubt. It's because the new man, the spirit, is righteous. It's holy. And like Paul said last week, uh, you know, or like we saw last week, Paul is telling us some things 
that we need to put off. He did this, I think we were in Colossians last week, if I remember correctly. And Paul says kind of the same thing here in verse 25. He says, wherefore, because we have this new man, we're supposed to be putting him on. There's some things you need to put off. So it's putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Need to give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We ought to talk different than the world does. We ought to react different. We ought to have different conversation topics and subjects. There are some conversations we should not get involved in. We need to watch out for that kind of thing. Why? Because, say, well, these people don't care. No, it's not about whether they care. What does it say in verse 30? And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Understand, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit, is He's stuck with us. And just understand, if you grieve Him and your spirit, He's going to grieve you and you're not going to be happy. Just, just forget about finding happiness through the things of the flesh. It's not going to happen. The Holy Spirit will not let you be happy giving yourselves over the flesh. And here's just a little news flash for you. The world's not happy either in giving themselves over to the things of the flesh. But you especially are not going to be happy. So don't be deceived like they are. So let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And notice, just like in Colossians, it's not just about the things we put off to, but he specifically talked about how we treat other Christians. Okay, The old man treats people bad. The new man is going to treat people good. The new man is going to love his brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're not going to go into First John, but there is also something very wrong when you hate your brother. That's not normal. That it's 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 weird. Something is very wrong if you hate your brother. And Christians, if they have if they're walking the spirit, they're not going to hate their brother. So let's go back to verse twenty three, two, where it says, "Be renewed in the spirit of your mind," because Paul often talked about how we should think as Christians. In, in Romans 6, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin, therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lesser of. Our mindset should be that, you know what, we are victorious over sin because of Jesus Christ. And therefore, sin is not the boss. And if sin does have his way, if the flesh has its way in your life, it's because you let it. You let something weaker have victory over you. And I've illustrated this before, too, where I, I, I'm, I did an illustration a long time ago with Allie when she was a lot smaller, you know, where I had her come and like push me off the stage. And it's just like and I just kind of let her do it. And it's like, you know, I'm bigger than she is. You know, I, I should be able to handle her. But it's amazing the way we will let little things push us around. It's amazing the little things we let stop us. When we have not just a regenerated spirit, but we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how many people will quit on God because of someone's words. Because some woman gossiped about them. 
Really, you're going to let a woman, you, a big grown man, you're going to let a woman stop you from serving God? Well, I'd hate to think, I'd hate to admit that. That's the truth. That's the truth. If you're, if you're going to let somebody's word stop you, they should, that shouldn't work. Okay? I shouldn't be stopped and prevented from doing right by something so much smaller and so much weaker. But the thing is, I can yield. You know, I have the power to yield to whoever in here. But that doesn't mean I should. And it doesn't mean I have to. Anyone in here can tell me what to do, but I don't have to listen. I've had people that try to tell me before that my wife's bossy. And you know what I tell them? If she tells you what to do, don't do it. She's not your boss. Now, it's pretty sad I have to tell people that. I don't think my wife tries bossing people around. But if she ever does boss you around, guys, just tell her no. It's that simple. I do it all the time. <laughs> and I live with her. Okay? I, I live with her. So just, it, it's, it's amazing how weak we are today. But that's our society today. They just want all obstacles removed. No, there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be bossy women. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to challenge you. You know what you do? You overcome it. You know what you do? You defeat it. You, you be stronger than it. And we can do all of these. We can do all these things. There's no doubt about it. And so, to kind of illustrate what I believe Paul wanted us to think, this is what, this is what needs to be in your mind, okay? We need to be renewing the spirit of our mind. When it comes to this old man and new man, we all need to remember, we are, we are body, soul, and spirit, all of us. We're all body, soul, and spirit. And in Genesis 2.17, it says, But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, when Adam ate that fruit, did Adam's body die that day? No. Did Adam's soul die that day? No, it didn't. His spirit is what died. The spirit, the spirit, and that spiritual death is what is passed unto all men. In Romans 5, 12, it says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so unlike Adam, there was never a time in our life where we were perfect. We were born sinful. We were born with this dead spirit that's in us. And, and here's the thing, too. The reason death is such a horrible thing is because it isn't just our body that will die, but our soul will also die and go to hell. Okay? Now, understand the soul, it will always be. The soul will always be. Hell is death. That is what death is, is when a person, what true death is when they go to hell and it's forever. And the soul is who we are. What happened when God formed man from the dust of the ground? The Bible says that God formed man. He God formed that body. The Bible talks about in Zechariah how God formed the spirit. But notice how when man became a living soul, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. That soul that came from the breath of God is eternal like God is eternal, which is one of the reasons, too, that that soul is going to go on forever. And it is very, very, very important that you get saved. Very important. Because that soul is, it's eternal. It's going to go on, it's going to go on forever. Now, your body, on the other hand, you know, it is, it, it's not forever. The body is just a tabernacle. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, and he's talking about our body. 
We have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Now, let me tell you, the only thing that's groaning in you to be clothed with that is the spirit. He's talking to save people here. And if you're saved, that spirit that's within you, it groans and it wants to be just like Christ. It wants that heavenly tabernacle. This earthly tabernacle is just a, it's a huge problem. It really is a huge problem. It says, and if so, that being clothed, we should not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. For he that hath wrought for us the selfsame thing is of God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So, right? So the thing is, the soul is, that's who I am. This body that you see, this is a house that my soul dwells in. But once, one of these days, this body is going to die, but I will not cease to exist. And since I'm saved, when I am absent from the body, I'm going to be present with the Lord. If you're lost, when you're absent from the body, your soul goes to hell and it's dead. And not only that, it's going to, you're, you're still going to have a resurrection one of these days only to be cast in the lake of fire, which is the second death. And uh, again, so it's really important that you're saved. <laughs> really, really important that you're saved. But Romans 7:18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So when we go, when we go soul winning, what are we doing? We are trying to win. What are we trying to win? We're trying to win, it's in the name, souls. Right? Now why is that? Well, because no matter who we talk to, that body is going to die eventually. Unless they can live until the glorious appearing of our Savior. That body is going to die. But remember, that soul of that lost person, it's not dead. The soul does not die until it goes to hell. And so when we give somebody to the gospel, we're speaking to their soul. We're speaking to them. That, pers- that, that's it, that soul that is eternal because their spirit, their spirit is already, their spirit's dead. But, and their flesh is never going to like what we have to say. But if they will, in their hearts and in their souls, if they will believe the gospel, their soul will be saved. They will never go to hell. The soul will never die. And they will immediately be born again, which means the spirit is regenerated. Immediately that spirit in them is regenerated. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. When we got saved, God regenerated our spirit. I didn't get born again physically. Remember Nicodemus talking about me born when he was old? It's not, we're not, not talking about a physical birth. It's talking about a spiritual birth. You need to be born again. It's not the soul being reborn. The soul never died. It's the, it's the spirit it's our spirit that was dead. And 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed. All right, that's referring to the flesh. Okay, we, we are all sinful because we come from corruptible seed that goes all the way back to Adam. 
So we need to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The uncorruptible, incorruptible seed is the word of God. And we are born by that. And so to kind of illustrate, I need Tommy and Jason to come up here to kind of help me with this illustration because we're, we're trying to renew our minds. Okay. We are renewing our minds. And I'm telling you, if y'all get, get this in your head, it's, it's going to help you a lot. So I'm going to have Jason stand over here on my right hand. So now you all should know this here by now, but in the Bible, you have the older son. Who does the older son represent? The flesh. The younger son always represents the spirit. That's the way it always goes. So that's the way we're going to do it. So all of us are three, right? As far as body, soul, and spirit. So me, I'm, I'm, all of them represent me, but I represent my soul. This is who I am. Tommy, he represents my flesh, the body, where Jason represents the spirit. So now understand, before I got saved, this was dead. Just stand there like you're dead, all right? Okay? It's just, it doesn't do anything. Okay? It's just, it's just there. It's dead. It doesn't accomplish anything. But the flesh, it was alive and well. The flesh was kicking, but this flesh is terrible. <laughs> there, there's nothing good in this flesh. So, you know, here I am, this soul, I'm dwelling in this flesh that's just, that's corrupt. It's, it's corrupt and it's going to die one of these days. It can't last forever because of its corruption. And my soul is in that. And my soul is just pretty much dead in trespasses and sin because the flesh only wants to do that, which is evil. The spirit, it's not doing anything. You got to stay dead. Stay dead. You know, because the spirit is dead. But then one day, you know, I, I, the soul heard the gospel. I responded to the gospel when I responded and I, I believed on it. Then this came to life and this is born of God. This is, this is like Christ. This has been regenerated. It's been born again. It's been made new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We're going to get to that one eventually. Not today, but we're, we're going to get there eventually. Old things are passed away, all, all things become new. I got something new that changes everything. I now have the spirit that can help me, but you know what? I also still have this. I still have the old man that I'm dwelling in and understand that, that you know, so this flesh, before I had the spirit, when the spirit was dead, the spirit was incapable, or the, my, my soul, it was incapable of understanding spiritual things. You can't understand spiritual things. The natural man, this is the natural man, that soul, body and soul. That's, a na- that's that natural man. It cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. It's foolishness to them. We need that regenerated spirit to understand those spiritual things. Now, that the soul can hear the gospel and be saved. Okay? We're not like the Calvinists that think the soul just can't do anything. You know, that it, no, because often when the Calvinists talk about regeneration, they don't understand that's yeah, it's spirit, but the soul still has to make that choice. The soul still has to believe on Christ. And so when that spirit was regenerated, it became like Christ. It has no sin. I gained the ability to understand spiritual things, but I still have that flesh to drag around. But I will have the spirit to regularly influence me. And no matter how saved I am in my flesh, and this is what you need to understand in your flesh dwells no good thing. But you know, in your spirit is no bad thing. So what is going to determine what I do? It's my soul decides. Okay? 
And remember, the soul is who I am, not the body. It's the thinking part of me. It can go either direction. And this is why we always need that renewing of our mind so we will follow the lead of the spiritual man rather than the natural man. The old man can justify anything. Listen, any, anything that this flesh wants to do, it can justify it. And, and all of you, when you hear preaching against sin that you like doing, and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. That's, that's the flesh talking. But the Spirit always agrees with the Word of God. Always. The, and, and that's what you've got to learn. And here's the thing, too. We're going to talk about this later. Sometimes we get things mixed up with the soul and spirit, and we think we're listening to the things of the Spirit, but we're actually listening to the things of our soul that still has problems. Because, again, my soul can go either way. Who I am, I'm choosing to follow one of these. And so that old man, it can justify, it'll justify anything. The spiritual man always agrees with the Word of God. So you guys can sit down. So there's that visual you need. But all of them are me. But I'm the soul. And you all have that same thing as well. So while last week we focused on the old man, this week I want us to get to know that new man a little better. That new man that was regenerated when we got saved. And so here's some facts about the new man that you need to understand. First off, the new man is like Christ. Colossians 3.10 And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. That new man is like Christ. We are not like him. Okay? We, not, not, not in our flesh. Not in our sinful souls. Okay? In our, in our spirit, we're like Christ. The new man is righteous and holy, just like Christ. Okay? Now we, okay, in my soul, okay, and even in my body, you could say, I have imputed righteousness. God still sees me as righteous. I have the promise of salvation. I have the promise of a regenerated body. I, I have the promise of that. I have the promise of a resurrection. If I, if my, if this body dies before Jesus Christ returns, I have the promise of all those things. But, only that spirit is holy just like Christ. And then also the new man is what God sees rather than the old man. Let's go ahead and go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Because people get a lot of stuff mixed up on this. But it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Okay? And so people see that and they'll make all things about other things that's not referring to. No, we now have the Spirit. You still have the same flesh. You still have the same flesh. But we have that Spirit too. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So God now can see that new man that's like Christ. And, there, and so our trespasses are not imputed to us. You see, you and I, we can't see the new man. We only see the old man. We can only see the flesh. When Pastor Camp meetings up there making everybody in the church think they're not saved because of all the sins that he saw them do last week, he was looking at their flesh. Okay, now, don't get me wrong. I don't want everybody going around in here whenever you do something really bad and you get called out for it. Like, that was my flesh, it wasn't me. Well, hey, 
I'm talking to your soul right now. We're telling you, you need to walk in, the, you need to follow the Spirit. You know, and there are certain things, if you allow your flesh to have its way, it's going to cause some problems for you. There are certain things that are, they can even get you kicked out of the church and things like that. So just, you know, watch out for that. And here's the thing too. If you have a regenerated spirit, you didn't have to do what your flesh wanted it to do. So just, just keep that in mind. It's like when you have men make bad decisions, get out of the will of God. Well, my wife, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be the boss? Aren't you bigger than she is? You know, it's like, I, why are you letting her rule over you? That's not how things are supposed to work. God, God wants man to be the head of the home. And you know what? God wants your spirit to be ruling, not your flesh. And if you are giving in, if you and your soul are giving in to the flesh, it's just, that's just disobedience. You didn't have to do that. So let's not, let's not try to make excuses, but understand the reason God's not imputing our trespasses to us. He sees that regenerated spirit that's like Christ. That's where his focus is. And he knows too, our sins have been paid for. They're under the blood. The things we've done in this body, they are under the blood of Christ. And we have that promise of a new body one of these days. And, and so we're looking forward to that. We groan for that. We long for that. But another thing about the new man, the new man not only understands the scriptures, but the new man always agrees with them. Right? And so first uh, Corinthians two eleven says, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God, which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man. Okay, and let me stop here for a second. I, I, everybody act like you're paying attention, okay? Because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Okay, but notice, the things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. The Holy Ghost doesn't teach with man's words. The Holy Ghost teaches with God's words. And I've said this before, no amount of college, no amount, the greatest teacher in the world cannot teach better than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher that there is. And the Holy Spirit uses God's words, not man's words. Keep that in mind. Because the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Or he understands both the carnal and the spiritual. Yet he himself is judge of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So understand the words of God. Not just the word of God in general. No, the words of God are absolutely essential to our ability to putting on the new man. The word of the words of God are what show us what we need to do and how we need to do it so we can connect with that spirit rather than the flesh. There are things that can that will that will appeal to your flesh. There are things that I can say that will appeal to your soul. I can use psychology and a lot of preachers are good at doing that kind of thing. There are a lot 
of gifted speakers out there that they know how to connect with the individual. They know how to connect with the room. They know how to speak to your soul. They know how to soothe that soul. Music is very soothing to the soul. Music is something that speaks to the soul. Now, understand, not all of that's bad. Not all of that is sinful. But one understand when it comes to the things of, of the Spirit of God, they connect with the Spirit. See, my soul doesn't always agree with the Scriptures. But my spirit does. So if I, when you come to church, you should want someone who is going to speak to the Spirit that is in you, not your soul. The Spirit. And, and that way, in your soul, you can follow the things of the Spirit. And God always uses the words of God. Look what it says in John six sixty. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, this is after he's been saying, I am the bread of life. When they were hungry and they wanted bread for their stomachs. He said, this is a hard, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, did this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are alive. Did you all get that? The words, they are spirit, they are life. That's what we need. We need the words of God because they're spirit. They will connect with our spirit, that regenerated spirit. It says, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto them, unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. For that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So understand, the, the, whole, uh, the regenerating of the Spirit does not just automatically download us with all spiritual knowledge. Okay? When you got saved, you didn't just all of a sudden, well, I get it all. No. You, you know, if, if you've never heard certain things from the Scripture, you did not all of a sudden know them. But you now possess the ability to learn them. But now, in order for you to learn them, those words must be spoken to you. This is why you need to read the Scriptures. This is why you need to hear the Scriptures. These people, they were not able to hear because they didn't have faith. They were not saved. But, these, but Peter understood, you have the words of eternal life. And so, we must believe in the Word. And it's easy for us to claim the Scriptures as part of our life. Every type of Christian religion claims the Scriptures. But at the same time, there's a difference between accepting the word of God in general and the words of God. And the words, and here's how you know, because everybody says, I accept the word of God. But what do you hear them speak? Do you hear them speak the words of God or do you hear them speak the words of man? You know, because when, when, when you start listening to people's, you know, what, what they're actually saying, it's like, I don't hear that in the scriptures. I don't see, I'm not seeing those words, but when you start seeing them follow the actual instructions from God's word, when those guide their life, that's when you know they're following the actual words of God. So are you, are you guided by the words of God or are you guided by a denomination, a movement or something like that? Because all of these things, they are of man and they are carnal. 
in 1 Corinthians 3, 3, says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Okay, carnal means fleshly. When you're just trying to follow men, when you're just trying to you know, grab on to everything a man says, that's easy. That's fleshly. No, we are supposed to follow the Spirit. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But by ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So thank God for men who teach us things that brought us salvation, but we can still be carnal and we can be all about men. And too many today are speaking more like men than they are like God. Anyone can learn answers to trivia questions and can learn lingo, develop an accent or something like that. But the more we listen to someone, the more we will sound like someone. And if we are truly putting on the new man, we're going to sound more like the scriptures all the time. And I'm not saying you're going to have to go around and start saying thee and thou in your regular conversation. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying that. But listen, the new man, the new man will never respond negatively to the word of God. And so let me illustrate it to you this way, just to help you understand the words of man versus the words of God and how someone reacts. Let's take something that we've experienced in this church. Let's take one of the of man's doctrines that is not based off the word of words of God. Okay? For example, the pre-tribulation doctrine. This is what our doctrinal statement originally said. It says, We believe in that blessed hope, the personal, literal, visible, premillennial, pre-tribulational, imminent return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, now, I want us to think about three words in that statement that are not in the Scriptures. And that's premillennial, pre-tribulational, and imminent. Why is it that everyone demands we use those terms? Why is it? I mean, people will fight you over this stuff. People practically have. <laughs> I mean, all the things we've been called up for. But listen, why do supposedly KJV-only people demand we use the term rapture instead of coming of our Lord or our gathering together? Hey, listen, I'm not trying to be picking divisive. I say rapture. But I, I, I'm telling you, what if we started using the words and the phrases that God used? And, and the reason people will fight you I put out a video here recently where I used verses about the coming of Christ. And I have been getting inundated with corrections. That's about the second coming, not the rapture. And it's like, wait a minute. Why, why is it that people are doing that kind of thing? Why do people continue to say there is a difference between the rapture and the second coming? And then they get angry. They get angry. They respond as natural brute beasts when you point out 1 Thessalonians 4 calls it the coming of our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4.15, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. But yet, I have been corrected so many times just this week about, no, that's about the second coming, not about the rapture. Who told you that? It's... Come, the Bible calls it the coming of the Lord, but they insist in using man's words. You know why? Because those words fit with theologies, doctrines that have been promoted by men, that are promoted by groups. You don't want to know one of the biggest things people use. When I first you know, came out against pre-tribulation is people kept referencing all the great men. You know why? Because it was man's words. 
They weren't using the Scriptures. They were using man's words. They'll tell you, you must distinguish between Christ coming for His saints and Christ coming with His saints. But then, they lose their minds when you go to verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with Him. He's coming with His saints at His coming. And everyone will tell you, 1 Thessalonians 4 is about the rapture. Why can't we just use God's language? Why can't we just use God's words? Why can't we use them? Because if they did, it would ruin a lot of their favorite doctrines. It says in 1 Thessalonians 3.13, To the end He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. With all His saints? Uh Uh-oh. That creates another problem too. Because... The doctrines of man or the pre-tribulation doctrine says that when Antichrist makes war with the saints, it's the Jews. That's what they'll tell you. There's no mention of the church anywhere in the book of, you know, after Revelation chapter 3. Um, what about when he's making war with the saints? That's the Jews. Okay, but in 1 Thessalonians 3.13, the saints are us. Why, why, why are they doing that? Okay, because they've accepted man's Doctrines, man's theologies, man's terminology. But when you, and notice when you go to God's words, there's a consistency in the language. There's a consistency in the terms, and these things always reveal their error. Every time these things reveal their error. And so, uh, Revelation 13, verse 7, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Why can't I think it's the same people? It's the same saints in 1 Thessalonians 3. It is the same saints. But the theologians will tell you, no, it's different. And what do they do? They use these other terms. And they'll say, no, it's the New Testament Christians. Oh, really? Wait, that's not how the Bible puts it. That's not, that's not the way the Word of God terms it. They're always talking about the rapture of the church. And then, they, and then you've got to distinguish between the church and Israel. And they're separating us from the people of God. From the Old Testament. They're separating us. The Bible doesn't do that. God's Word does not do that. Man's theologies do that. And notice how, again, I'm not going to go around chastising everyone that says the word rapture because I'll probably continue to say it just out of bad habits. I will, and I'm working, I'm constantly working on trying to improve my language and make it more biblical. And people accuse you just being divisive and splitting hairs and all that. But I'm telling you, I am seeing, I'm seeing just confusion abound because of misuse of Bible terms. And I think if, if we force ourselves, if we train ourselves to use the words that are spirit and that are life, we use God's words. We speak the way He did. Let's stop using man's words. Let's stop taking, you know, Calvinists are the worst about this. They're always coming with these big, fancy theological terms. Uh, do you believe in penal substitution in area? Penal substitutionary atonement or ransom theory? Huh? What, what, what's that? Uh, what are some of the other ones? I can't even pronounce half of these things that they come up with. I, I, yeah, it's, although they're not in the Bible. But then what they do, they, they accept those things because it associates them with a group. You know, and understand too, these are doctrines. Doctrines. The, every time the Bible uses the word doctrines, it's always negative. Doctrine that's good is always singular. 
But what do Calvinists like to teach? The doctrines of grace. Isn't it interesting? That's what they call it, the doctrines of grace. More like doctrines of devils, if you ask me. But that, that's the kind of thing to do. We'll show more of this as we go through and we talk about these things. But folks, the words of God, that's where the Spirit, that's where the spirit is. Let's, let's not be jerks. If people misuse a word, we're not going to accuse them of teaching something that they don't believe. But I'm saying we as individuals, we ought to train ourselves to speak like God's Word does, that we use the, God's words the way that He used these things because they are spirit. They connect with the spiritual man, the things, uh, the words of man. They will connect with your soul. They will, they will, they can be appealing to the flesh. You know, we can look really smart if we're using all these big fancy theological terms. I meant to write some of them down. I'll use some of them next week. Some of, the, some of them are hilarious. They just sound funny. And these guys go around saying them, acting like they're so smart. And then you actually look at what they're teaching. And it is, it's tip, typically damnable heresy. We don't, need, we don't need to be that way. And so what has happened in churches, and even in Baptist churches today, we've gotten away from the words of God. Churches have failed to put on the new man. Notice that the new man, it is, it's, it, it, it's, it connects with God's words. Churches have failed to put that, put off that, that old man. They are accepting feigned words as the word the scriptures uses. We'll talk about that later rather than the words of God. And it's destroying doctrine in our churches. We've got to get back to using the scriptures. Let them form our terminology. Let them form our thinking rather than theologies and camps. Got to stop that. And so let me tell you what's always happened and always will happen when you try to correct people in their terminology. People will get angry and they will associate you with a person. You know why? Because that's what carnal people do. That's why they are who they are. That's why they teach what they teach. Because Dr. So-and-so, he was my mentor. He said this. And so I will continue to use his words. No, that's not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to operate on the words of God. And so that new man, that's how you're going to connect with the new man. Word of God. Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. And that's why we need to be in the book. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. We thank you so much for your word and we thank you for, for what it does to us. And I pray you'll help all of us in here, Lord, to get to know this new man better. And Lord, and I pray you'll help us uh, to get to know your word better. Help us to realize that uh, your word, the things that says are what makes the difference, are what uh, reveals things to us. And so I pray you'll help us to learn to uh, distinguish between the things that are of the flesh, of the soul, and of the spirit, so we can make better choices uh, in our lives, so we can be victorious for you. In your name we pray. Amen.